0: Welcome, citizens, to the seventh episode of Liberty Vigilance. If you've enjoyed the Lucky Eights gang from last week, then we'd like to let you know that we're about to release a brand new comic starring the leader of the Lucky Eights gang, Bridget the Ruffian. So join us as the most brutal cannibal warlord goes on her most dangerous mission yet, Date Night. That's right, the comic, appropriately named Bridget Goes on a Date, will be available on June 10th, and in fact, we're even hosting a comic book release party at Gods and Monsters in Orlando, Florida. Our artist, Carl Moline, who you might know from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, will also be there to sign copies. I will also be there as the writer. Also, we welcome you to join the discussion as we expand the Liberty universe each month as we now have a Reddit page at slash LibertyEndures. Well, it's time for us to get started, so thank you again for listening, and remember, Patriots endures.
1: Their way toward the whole poke. If we are headed back to the brothel, I might have some important information.
2: We just got done talking to Teal, the leader of the Lucky Eights, and she was interested in taking the brothel for the Lucky Eights gang. Uh, I'm not sure how soon.
3: What do you mean they're going to attack?
2: They very well might. They asked for our help in doing so, and uh, Cassius and I said that we might do it and that we'd be back.
3: Well, gee, what do we do now? We gotta, I guess we gotta tell the, well, I don't know. Do we tell the brothel they're being attacked, or are we the guys on the inside now?
4: I think we should just get the information from the guy that we came here to see. That's a
3: good idea. <laughs> I
4: mean, they're, they're fringers. Why should we interfere with their affairs?
5: There's one additional thing. The individual known as Teal, who's leading the eights, also seemed to be aware that one of the Sarks is in fact an Atrian citizen undercover. They're not able to confirm the rumor, but they asked us to confirm it through deceit or actual proof as a means of weakening the Sarks so they can attack the whole poke and acquire it as a base of operations.
4: When we give all this over and earn their trust enough to meet our guy, we tell him he'll be like, I guess along the lines of something intelligent and probably leave. There's really no reason for us to get in on any of this. In my opinion.
5: It would be wise to inform the agent of a possible threat.
4: I just don't want to die here.
5: Hey, that sounds good to me. I'm
3: not too keen on staying here any longer than I have to.
5: Then it's agreed. Help the agent, get our info, and get back to our own mission.
4: That sounds wonderful.
1: The team returns to the cool, scented area surrounding the whole poke. Bliss, the guard, notices the group, grins, and quickly darts inside the door. By the time the group reaches the door, he's returned with an additional two stock guards and Bayard... Who appears to be pleased? She approaches McBride.
6: Excellent work. Let's see here. Nice. What do I owe you? Uh,
3: Loki, I don't remember what our arrangement was at all.
4: I thought it was just earning trust so we could see our guy. They were like, "Prove yourselves," and we were like, "Do we have to?"
3: Okay, right, <laughs> right, right. right.
6: There's certainly some meal involved.
3: Uh, well, the whole reason we did any of this is we wanted to talk to Hobbes. So. Show us Hobbs.
6: All right. Here you go as well.
5: Ooh. She offered us significantly more.
6: Your gang's officially recognized as friends of the Sarks. Come, let me introduce you to Hobby. My boys will take care of this fresh flesh.
1: Sounds good to me. She says Sarks. The extra Sarks escort the women away. Girls, follow me. The mercenaries glance from Sogot to McBride as they realize they're not invited to the meeting. So, uh, the payment for Pep?
6: And don't forget me.
1: Okay, so I've got 50 meal.
3: Uh, does anybody remember if we agreed on a particular payout for the mercenaries? I'm sure we did.
4: It's like, I'm pretty sure if you give... Hawk was
3: seven meal or five.
4: And then I remember Pep was just like, it was only a few meals. She was so excited about it because she was like, I need to feed the baby.
2: She was three. She was three? Yeah.
4: Just just give them.
5: Isn't he the one who's supposed to be loose with money?
2: <laughs> right, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, hey.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, And,
3: uh, Corners did it for free.
4: So I would say, pay them...
3: Hey, get over here. You know I don't know anything about money.
4: Pay them... Okay, so Pep was three, so actually give her four. And then Hawk was seven, so give her eight. Because we got away with, like, 400. What?
5: 400?
4: Hold on a moment. We need to do math.
3: Okay, so we had 50, and then we gave away 4, and then we gave away 8, so now we have 38. Don't forget and to calculate then...
4: the 400 meal we found when we were there. Oh,
3: right, 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 in the bags. Okay.
1: Um, you found 400 meal while I was gone. <laughs>
5: Shh, don't say it that loud.
1: <laughs> McBride hands out meal to Pep and Hawk. Well,
5: hey, Flick, here's some meal. Get yourself some drinks while we sort some stuff. Sure
1: thing, Cass. Well, thanks for your help,
3: Corners Pep Hawk. Been great working with you. Yeah, anytime. Unless this sis volunteers me. Later.
7: Yeah, well, well, I'm I'm thankful for you, huh? Blood skulls, huh? Now <laughs> yeah, may the steel eye guide your hand.
6: Yeah, I'd work with these again. Yeah. Okay, cool.
3: So uh, that means we have 38 leftover meal um, to distribute. Uh, okay, that means we each get 12.6 repeating meal.
5: Excellent. <laughs> Thank you for your decent math skills. Thanks.
4: I'll just take 12. That way someone else can have a bit more. <laughs> as long as it's not the one who doesn't understand how money works. That's Horatius. That's who you're talking to.
3: <laughs> I'll also take 12 because I have lots of meal, by the way. Uh, so that's... There uh,
1: we go. All right, Bayard. We're ready to meet Hobbs. As the team finishes dividing their spoils, Bayard leads them through the main room to a previously unnoticed side door, Fired turns her back to the team, blocking their view, and somehow unlocks the door. The team enters a dimly lit, cold room lined with chains and frozen corpses hefted on large metal hooks. Archon! The air in the room seems oppressive, muting everything just slightly and biting at exposed extremities. On the far end stands a tall, athletic fringer with a grim expression and well-trimmed facial hair. His hands are wrapped and covered in a red and browning substance. This likely came from the naked and bloodied man in front of him. The bloodied man is gaunt and bruised, suspended by chained wrists to an above hook. There's some sort of device strapped to the bloodied man's back, pumping slowly, though it is difficult to examine in the dim lighting. The tall fringer approaches, his breath visible in the chill.
6: Javi! Some fresh flesh comes to visit ya. They made a proper offering and proved their loyalty.
8: Can't you see I'm busy?
6: They just fucked up the 8th Street 8s and got our girls back. I think your little killer can wait.
1: Leave us. Bayard smiles as she brushes by and blows a kiss at McBride.
6: He's all yours, boys.
1: (laughs) Oh boy, what's a good way to approach this situation? The door closes behind them. Can I take a closer look at that device, just for fun? That would require a successful perception check. Score! The bloodied man's hair has been ripped out in clumps, and blood mostly obscures a few extremely basic tattoos. Upon closer examination, it appears that the bloodied man's lungs are suspended through a circular hole carved into his back, but the pulsing machine somehow allows him to continue breathing. His broken nose separates two black eyes that have been nearly sealed shut, and his body is marred by further signs of torture. The team is unsure of the science behind how he continues breathing. Yet clearly can see that he is.
4: So that.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Okay, so we have to tell him that we are looking for two Sarks who kidnapped an Atrian from Atreus and brought him to the Fringe. We have to have a reason for that that probably isn't we were sent by the Atrian government. Uh, and we're in disguise. What would that reason be?
2: Hmm. I'm assuming we shouldn't just say Reeve endures and walk out. That'd be too forward. Maybe we could.
3: But we also don't know if this guy's been so in deep with the fringe that he's loyal to them
1: now or whatever. The tall man slowly unravels his bloody hand wraps and turns to face the group.
8: <clears> Oi. <throat> I'm Hobbs. Who are you? What do you want?
5: We heard you know people, and we're looking for someone.
8: I know a lot of people. Who you looking for?
5: We're looking for a few pulses. Sarks, in fact. Know anyone who broke into Atreus recently?
8: The inner city, eh? Uh? Huh. Innies. What's with Atreus and you guys? Well, uh... They look like fresh flesh out here if I ever seen it. Uh...
4: <laughs> <laughs> this is us trying to find out do we compromise? Do we not compromise?
1: That would require a successful insight check. Let me let me guess real simple. You guys are uh from the inside.
5: Here goes my insight role.
1: Agent Saugot trusts him.
5: And what if we are?
1: Yeah, yeah, just don't
8: say that too loud. Everyone here would love to either eat, kill or fuck any any. Atrian they could find here. Yeah, we gathered that part, but thank you. You don't seem like agents, so what brings you here?
4: Very poor choices on the side of the agency.
8: <laughs> oh, humor, I like it. But in all seriousness, you didn't come all this way just to look for Sarks, right?
5: Can you explain a little more about your standing with the Sarks and who they are?
8: The Sarks are sort of a franchise with a set of standards. I control this division and have resources that extend into other divisions thanks to certain favors I'm owed. I developed something of a strong reputation out here. Well, uh...
4: Oh, I have stuff.
8: Uh...
4: I'm just gonna, like, fumble out all of the medical supplies I'm supposed to give him. Huh. Because I have all of these supplies I'm supposed to give him from the department.
8: Thanks. This will actually be extremely useful. Tell Tongs that I say thank you.
1: It's from Tongs, right?
4: Yes. That guy.
1: Hobbes' lip twitches for a moment as his relaxed demeanor vanishes. He stares at Azad silently for a few moments before smiling again. Solgat can see that the smile is fake. Yeah. So why are you
8: here? Be blunt and I might help you. Well, we all took a post with the Division of Community
3: Order at what turns out to have been a real bad time. (laughs) Uh, We discovered over the course of our investigation... Some security footage of an Atrian man being kidnapped by two people who, if they're not Sarks, they have Sark tattoos. They brought him out here. We were sent out to find out where they took him and get him back. Okay. Got any picture I can see? Uh, yeah, sure. We got him on the old uh, hollow uh, the, <laughs> the privacy hood. Diane, I'll
1: show you.
4: Does he still have a working privacy hood or anything?
1: Hobbs's pants are riddled with numerous holes, and Azad's suspicion that they act as concealed pockets is confirmed as he produces a piece of data paper from one of the holes.
4: All right, I'm just going to ping it over to the data pad, and it's the pictures of the people that we're looking for and um, the blurry video we have of the
8: Sarks. He copies the files. Yeah, I don't know them. It'll take some time, but I should be able to either find them or figure out who they are. But at the moment,
1: I'm extremely busy. Hobbs glances over at the bloodied man.
8: Uh, sure,
3: sure, uh, you look pretty busy with the old, uh, with the lungs over there. Uh. <laughs> uh, s- uh,
4: Sylvanas? Sylvanas? Yes. What about that information about people wanting to attack the Sarks here?
2: Yeah, Hobbs, you might actually not have a lot of time. We just came from the Lucky 8's hideout, and they're... From what I can gather, planning to attack. Fairly soon, they asked us to help.
8: What are the plans of this attack?
5: From what we could see inside, they had just over a dozen soldiers on the first floor, and beds to employ more were on the second floor. They're also recruiting pretty hard, and even tried to recruit us to take your Sarks down from the inside. It seems like they know there's a spy working in your establishment.
4: Fortunately, they don't seem to have any proof.
8: This is worse than I suspected. You see, a local gang nearby somehow discovered that I'm Atrian, and claims to have a means of proving this back to one of my gang superiors. That would obviously spoil my cover, and I've spent too many moons here to justify leaving. I've become the leader of a subset of the Sark gang, and while your mission is also important, mine is arguably more beneficial to Atreus as a whole. I was, uh, questioning this resource, and all he knows is that the evidence the gang has is located in a building nearby, controlled by the gang that's blackmailing me, and apparently leaking this information to other gangs. I could really use help. More specifically, your help.
5: It would be our privilege to assist a citizen in need, especially one who's acting alone and as dedicated as yourself.
3: Well, do you want to go get the evidence while we stay here and hold the fort, or
8: do you want to stay here and hold the fort while we go get the evidence? I'd prefer to hold the fort, as you say. No one knows who you are yet, so you could actually act in my interest without drawing suspicion, whereas I am largely unable to fix my own problem. You must understand that I can't investigate this myself. And I can't ask anyone who works for me, or under me, to look into it, as they would use this information against me. I'll take care of your problem if you'll assist me with mine. You said this guy might know something? Yes, in short, I need you to assist me and destroy whatever evidence the gang has against me which is inside a building nearby. I will use all of my resources available to locate the individuals you are seeking, and then we can go our separate ways. I can also send you off with a few parting gifts in addition to my utmost gratitude. Do we know anything else about this building? It's run by a gang that calls itself the Archon Slayers. Wonderful. Quaint. Heck of an... Imaginative. Preposterous, yes. They're just a small local gang of fresh flesh looking to get big. There's less than 20 of them altogether, and their goal seems to be to acquire respect from the Sarks. I also suspect that they're looking to make a deal with Bayard, who wants to replace me. What exactly did you do for her to get in her good graces? Well, we rescued a couple of uh, women of the night from the
3: uh, the gang called uh, the Lucky Eight Balls, the Lucky... Lucky...
8: uh, Lucky Eights. Thank you. Lucky (sighs) Eights. Great. Now she'll probably be able to oust me even without the blackmail. That's a slight exaggeration, but you don't know how delicate the balance of power is here. Now I really do need your assistance.
4: You do understand we're not, like, trained... Fringer, I don't even know what to say. We're not trained to be here.
8: You understand that I can't be seen meeting with these individuals, or else my own gang is going to do terrible things to me, that I have no one else I can turn to for help? Well, it looks like if we really want to solve the, uh, you know, the, our, our problem out here, this is something we're going to have to do.
4: Our problem is that we're out here.
8: <laughs> <laughs> well, I can help you as much as possible. Just a few blocks up the road, t- 10 taken seconds. I would also suggest not mentioning that you're friends of mine. You could perhaps pose as a merchant gang, or maybe even Byrd's men, to get you through the front door. Or you could just walk through, guns blazing, if that's more your style. But I don't think it is. No, not since the Force. Just make sure that whatever evidence they have is destroyed.
5: Again, it's our privilege to assist you, Hobbs.
1: With deft intent... Hobbs slits the throat of the bloodied man, who momentarily smiles as the knife reaches his neck. Revendoors, if I can help you with anything else,
8: I'm here.
3: You know, I have to say, I uh, went to our last mission without a weapon and I felt a little naked. Do you have uh, any long-range arms that maybe I could bring for this little mission?
1: Like a rifle or a pistol? I was thinking more of a shotgun. I can get you a shotgun. Okay. Hobbs produces a new piece of data paper, writes a note and passes it to McBride. Speak to Bliss. Give him this, and he'll give you a shotgun. Cheers. The team leaves the freezer, passing back into the sweet and sweaty warmth of the club.
3: Okay, well, uh, boy, I thought we were done with kicking ass. Guess we gotta do this thing again.
2: Was it you who liked arson, Horatius,
5: or was that me? I don't... (laughs) I got to tell you, that question worries me a little bit, but that was not me. (laughs) No, I believe you're thinking of Thracius Wyatt.
4: <laughs> did anybody write down where we were going?
3: Uh, someplace. taken
1: second.
5: Yay, somebody did. <laughs> well, we should probably talk to Bayard. She looks particularly insistent.
1: Bayard, who's been patiently awaiting the team's return, motions to speak with
5: them. How'd it go? Uh, well, uh, pretty well. Uh... Seems like we'll be around here more regularly.
6: Nice. Let me know if you need anything else. Yep. Or if you ever want to do more work for the Sarks, or, uh, me.
3: Hey, sure thing. Give her the paper. Hey, by the way, uh, he gave me this paper, told me to give it to you.
6: No, no. Give this to Bliss at the door.
3: Oh, yeah, thanks.
6: Illiterates.
3: Okay, we're gonna go. Later. I go to
1: Bliss at the door. Bliss smiles as he examines the note McBride hands him. Oh, okay. one beat. List pulls a shotgun off the weapons check rack. Cool. Handing it confidently to McBride along with five shotgun shells.
9: Here you are, buddy. All right. Here's five shells too. It does d10 damage plus your wisdom modifier. It also has a 15-foot spread when you're using pellet shots and has disadvantage on all non-primary targets in the spread area.
1: Ooh. Well, chat later. This heavy shotgun is made from salvaged parts of other firearms, among other things. I'm assuming we've lost our accompaniment, by the way. Corners and whatnot. Claire Hout scans the room and sees the mercenaries relaxing. Corners enjoys a lap dance. Literally doing <laughs> his own thing. Okay. As the team stands at the entrance of the whole poke, Claire Hout notices many of the same dregs that were present earlier. Are we expecting
5: many people? Ob says there were probably under 20 of them. <laughs> it could be many. Oh, under 20. <laughs> Those were his exact words.
4: Should we hire help again?
2: I don't see why we couldn't. Now that you found four hundred meal,
1: three hundred eighty-nine.
3: Uh, while we're uh, kind of debating what to do, Horatius checks out and loads his shotgun with the precision of someone who has some military training—the old action movie shot.
1: <laughs> McBride notes that the shotgun only loads one shell at a time.
3: So he loads it one at a time, but you know, dramatically. It also lacks a safety feature. <laughs> Well, he stows it away as safely as he can. If we
4: decide we want a nonviolent approach, it doesn't mean other people are going to say they want a non-violent approach.
5: I'm for an intelligent approach. The fewer risks we take, the better.
3: Well, why don't we do a little reconnaissance? We can uh, case the area, see what kind of heat they're packing, and depending on what's going on, we can either hire some extra help or not do that. That's agreeable. Yeah.
2: As long as we look very non-threatening.
1: Oh. Hey. We agreed on something. (laughs) All right, let's do it. It's a good omen. The team departs for the territory of the Archon Slayers. After a few blocks, they experience a sudden burst of warm, dry air as a modular industrial block comes into view. So many useful structures lost to madness over time. The block contains a small warehouse, some statues, a production facility, and a multi-level storage garage that appears to have been converted into a market. Ooh, Horatius, a market. Do you want to <laughs> buy anything? Or?
3: Oh, well, uh, as keen as I am to spend money most of the time, uh, he actually just kind of stops in the middle of that thought and checks out the deals. <laughs> you do like deals.
1: With that perception
3: role, All right.
1: McBride sees that the production facility and market appear to be under the control of a single gang whose members adhere to a generally gray color scheme. The market is spread over several levels of the parking garage. It's a mix of weapons, clothing, junk, goods associated with simple trades, and a variety of strange single-source meats.
4: I'm pretty sure there's no
5: variety.
1: I think I'm good. He leans back.
3: This time.
5: (laughs) (laughs) To the warehouse, then? I think that's their base if I could risk a guess.
3: Uh, Well, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Let's hit
1: the dirt, or hit the road, or whatever I would actually say. Let's
4: go do the thing.
3: Let's do
1: it. The warehouse, Solgott indicates, is covered in graffiti. The most prominent iconography appears to be stick figures, clearly male, murdering other stick figures that bear the Atrian logo. As the team approaches the warehouse, a scavenger who is resting near a statue dusts himself off and approaches... The scavenger appears to be middle-aged with short, dark hair. Dirt, or dark paint, is smeared in a pattern across his face that looks plausibly intentional. He boasts a series of metal rings on his fingers, a single-edged scrap sword that ends in a hooked point slung over his shoulder, and a curious smile across his lips.
10: Oi there, what's your biz here? What's it to you? It's the territory of the Archon Slayers, and I'm, uh, I'm one of them. Archon Slayers, huh? What'd you do to deserve that name? <laughs> uh, yeah, the brothers, uh... The boss's father passed killed something like five Archons. Now, Adeline, of Blood is back, and the nice with the gods they pissed off, they coming back hard. Like, real hard. Once they get a nice gang under them, they're gonna kill Reeve, too, and shut the starving innies up. You'll see. Archon Slayers.
2: Booyah! I'd be surprised, but that sounds great. What's your plan?
10: Well, uh, Delhi and Dean are the bosses. The, the brothers. Uh, they're legit Archon slayers. We're gonna grow our gang pretty big, and, uh, and, uh, once... Once we get it nice with the Sox, uh... Man, I think that's our first big step. Maybe.
5: Which Archons did they slay? The fathers of the past?
10: Uh, I... I don't know. Uh... I'm kinda new, they do, though, they- they know. Uh,
3: so who are you guys? Well, I'm Head Smasher, and these are the Blood Skulls.
4: <laughs> I forgot that was our name.
1: Midden excitedly taps McBride's shoulder and steps closer, redefining Personal's face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like you guys already. Well, you know what, I like you guys too,
3: and as a matter of fact, we're fixing to take out Reeve ourselves. How about we meet with your bosses and figure out a plan? (laughs) Sounds great. Uh, name's Midden, by the way. I shake his hand with, you know, I've got a firm manly grip. A firm
1: Archon slaying grip. Despite having a generally tough grip, Midden's hand feels squishy in the seasoned hands of Junior Engineer McBride.
3: Cool. As it should be.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll walk you in.
10: Did you... Did you want to talk about anything else first? Uh, I, uh... I used to be a raider myself, you know, back in the day.
5: Sounds...
10: Tough to be a raider alone, though.
5: Yeah, I was just about to say, that sounds lonely. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. You look
10: tough. Yeah, it's nice to have friends. Much nicer. Get to talk to folks much more now. Before they're dead. That's cool. So, what, uh... What do you guys blood and skulls. What's, what's that like?
3: Oh, well, you find yourself a skull, usually inside of a body, but you never know. We're pretty wild people. Uh-huh. And then you just take something to it. This is my favorite. <laughs> he pulls out his pipe. skull and weapon right here. Right. ah oh. <laughs> Hey,
10: cool. You guys all into the death and stuff. What you guys trading? Besides death, uh, of course. Uh, or is that your trade?
3: Death. I guess you could say it is... You need a skull-bloodied... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you need a skull-bloodied... <laughs> you need a skull-bloodied... we the blood skulls. It's what we do. Made a decent living <laughs> off it so far.
10: Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, like, hitting folks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got a couple of those.
2: How many friends have you made so far? How many in your gang?
10: Um, uh, let's see, um, uh, uh, it's, um, it's that? Dillion, uh, Dean, Tongs, Terrence, Smith, Jerr, I forget his name, uh, Me, Shrike, Lucky Ike, I think that's all us oh okay yeah that's that's all us we got we got a guy who's half thinking about joining us too mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well, we'll see maybe you guys new archon slayer blood or or allies of the arc uh, well, yeah well you know we'll figure it out I, I don't know how this whole gang shit works honestly I, I'm used to just being me
5: you guys kill many archons recently uh,
10: I, I don't think so so, so when you walk in, what do I, uh, what do I tell them you're looking to talk about? Because 'Cause I'm supposed to do that. That's my job. It was a job. I got gotcha. you. It's a, it's a, it's a nice job.
3: Hey, yeah. It seems like you really got yourself set up nice. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm gonna talk to the other Blood Skulls for a sec, and then we'll let you know what we want a proposition, and uh, then you can tell us that you're the important guy. Cool. Uh-
10: uh, c- can, I cap- can I
3: come with? Uh, you know, I feel like if you come with us, then other people might try to sneak in there. And, you know, you don't want that to happen because you guys have an important mission. Oh, fuck. So you're out yeah, here. You're, you're right. And I- see, exactly. This is exactly what I'm talking about. So you hang out here. You do your job. And we'll be right back. <laughs> you're
10: fucking smart. You are. I-, I can see why they call you Head Smasher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll stand by here then.
1: Midden rests the curved end of his scrap sword on his shoulder and stands at attention near the door. He gives McBride a strange smile and silently mouths, I got this, before nervously darting his eyes from side to side and scratching at his inner thigh. Okay, blood
3: skulls, this way.
1: They head kind of, I don't know,
3: I head (laughs) kind of back down the hall. The uh, corridor. So I wasn't really counting, what was that, like eight people, nine people? Something like that, yeah. Eight-ish.
5: None of you were counting?
4: There was someone named Tung.
3: Yeah, they sound pretty nuts, and they're probably violent, since they want to slay Archons. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, how do we want to play this? Uh,
2: I guess our best bet is to ask if they have any information about Atrians out here in the fringe that we could go bloody.
3: Well, sure, but then the problem is, how do we go from finding out the information to destroying the information without then getting killed by them? I wish I had an answer for you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
5: Maybe we could say we want to see it ourselves.
4: Information is information, though. It's either stored somewhere or is in the minds of people. We'd have to kill people and destroy things.
5: Hmm. Perhaps they have some sort of physical proof.
3: I mean, I feel like they'd have to if they were going to make an accusation like that. They'd probably have to back it up, or I don't know, maybe they don't. I don't know how it works here.
5: I think they would have to. Have some sort of physical evidence, that is. And if they're using it as blackmail, I'd assume again that it'd have to be some sort of physical object or evidence against Hobbs.
3: Okay. So, uh, two ways we could do this are immediately coming to mind. The first one is we go on back to the whole poke, we hire a couple of mercs, and we head on in there and slaughter everybody and look for the information and then destroy it. Uh, Now, that's not something I'm particularly keen to do because I like being alive. i got a family to support back on the other side of the wall.
4: Also a fan of being alive.
3: I guess the other option is we go in there, we act like we're keen on partnering up with the Archon Slayers, and we somehow discover where this information is. One of us breaks off from the rest of the group, finds it, destroys it, and then we beat a hasty retreat. I support this plan. The problem with that is I have no idea what the layout of the inside of that building is like, I don't know whether or not there will be people guarding the information, and I don't know what it looks like, where it is, or what kind of information it is at all.
5: Those are valid concerns.
3: (laughs) (laughs) See, there we go. Diana?
4: The front man seems very eager to invite people in, but we have no idea what everyone else inside is going to be like.
2: I suppose if it came down to it, we could always tell them that we just came from the whole poke, and if they already suspect Hobbs, I'm not sure if they know who he is, but if they do suspect him, we could say that we have an in with him and that we could take care of his problem for him. If he gave us the evidence, specifically.
3: Huh. Yeah, we could do that. We go in there, we say, Hey, look, we think there's somebody in the whole poke that's Adrian too. Uh, Why don't you give us your evidence? We think we might be able to take care of it. Then we just shred the evidence and leave.
4: Say that we're looking for collaborative evidence.
3: Exactly. Mm.
2: Save your strength to kill the Archon. We'll take care of this guy.
3: The problem is they're fringes, so they're going to want something out of it. Besides him being dead, I'm assuming. That seems to be the way it works out here.
5: I think it's the best plan we can follow at the moment. Yeah, me too. Blood skulls move out?
3: Uh, (laughs) roll out. Okay.
1: Blood skulls roll out. (laughs) The team returns to Midden, who's fiddling with the numerous rings on his fingers.
10: So, uh, what's it gonna be? What's, uh, what's the down-up?
3: What do I tell my bosses? Here's the deal, my friend. I'm sure that with a name like Archon Slayers, you guys aren't too fond of Atreus, and you aren't too fond of Reeve, and neither are we. No, at least least I don't think we are.
10: I mean, I don't think we do.
3: Well, let me tell you something, my friend. We just got word. Yeah? That there may very well be one of those Atrians hanging around out here close to us. Fuck.
1: And we don't like that very much. That's why we sought you out. McBride must now roll a persuasion check.
3: Me? Oh fuck. Okay, fine. What is my...
1: <laughs> well, hey, actually, you know, that's not too bad. Let's see. Don't
3: fail,
2: don't fail, that don't
1: fail. fail. Oh, no. no! Would McBride like to use his inspiration to re-roll his failure? I would love to do that. Do I re-roll and then take the
3: higher? <laughs> McBride can use either of his low rolls. <laughs> I guess I, you know, I would love to take that seven. Yeah, yeah.
10: I know something about that, actually, but I... I
3: I can't... I can't tell ya. I I, I don't know you guys too well. Sorry. Well, that's... Hey, you know, that's no problem. Listen, we, uh... You don't have to tell us... That's why we want to talk to the rest of your people. We think we might have an idea of who this guy is. And we heard you guys might have some kind of idea, too. We figure we, you know, we put our ideas together. Your ideas, our ideas. Maybe we can make some headway in this little... uh, Some skull way. This little fact-finding situation. We can figure out who this guy is and knock him out.
10: Oh, we know who he is. We got him. But, uh, you know...
3: Um, I don't. Well then, maybe since we're the blood skulls, we can bloody his skull for ya. Yeah, I think, uh,
10: I think Dilly and Dean would like that too. You know, the socks and all. Yeah. We gotta be in all nice with the socks, and they got a thing we can maybe get in with them and be growing our war band. Alright. Hey, let's get your men all nice and proper style, eh? That sounds good.
3: I love getting good and proper style. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Midden opens the door, leading the team into the warehouse. Inside spans a single large room that's been divided into segments by a series of filthy nylon curtains, hanging on a maze of corroded pipework overhead. There might be doors beyond the far curtains, but visibility is blocked. The stale air of the room... "'Mixed with wafts of dried vomit, burnt meat, and other putrid smells puts everyone on alert. Four gangers groggily step out from behind curtains to watch "'as two confident fringer males slowly approach. "'The closest of the two, Dillian, is tan, plainly dressed, "'with short black hair and teeth that have been filed to points. "'A rusted shield and short, single-edged blade are on his person, but not drawn.' The other figure, Dean, is taller, more muscular, and also plainly dressed. Dean has a series of piercings on his nose and lips, and is holding a large club in one hand. The sharp-toothed one speaks first.
10: Who the fuck are you?
1: I'm Head Smasher and these are the Blood Skulls.
7: Okay. Midden?
10: Why are they here?
1: Midden winks twice, visibly affecting his entire face.
10: They, uh, uh... They want to talk about, uh... bloodying, s- uh, and smashing skulls of uh, innies. And, uh, we might know something about that. Shut the
7: fuck up, Midden. So why are you here?
3: Well, uh, it's like your friend here says. Uh We heard that there's some innies out here, and us being the blood skulls, we don't like them very much. And we want to bloody their skulls.
4: Can I make a medicine-slash-drugs check to see if I recognize how high he is?
1: That would require a medicine check.
4: All right. The dice do not like us tonight, people.
1: At least I'm not rolling this time. Azad professionally believes that Dillian is high on something. Probably one of the harder drugs. The positive news is that McBride must now roll a new persuasion check because he's speaking to someone new and potentially hostile. Sweet. How did that happen, by the way? Why am I.? Well, whatever, okay.
3: <laughs> oh, please don't suck. Someone rescue me. Oh my yes! god! Fuck!
7: <sighs> that fucking any fucking spy! Fuck! Try the damn god spy! Ah. Really? I can't wait to fuck up his life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same book. We're nice, you and us. Right. We're nice. Yeah. So, yeah, we got something. It's in the back. Yeah, it's in the back. Uh... He's in the back. I'll fucking show you him if you pay us ten meal up front.
3: Well, what do we think about that, Blood Skulls?
7: I'll let you see the good ones. Haggle. Remember to haggle.
3: Haggle. Yeah, as much as I like bloody and skulls, <laughs> boy, do I like that a lot because that's what I named my group. <clears throat> I was thinking that a six <laughs> meal sounded a little more reasonable just for showing us something. It's a
7: full show. You get to see him.
3: See what's left of him.
7: We even left his mark intact. Okay. So yeah, ten meal to chat with him. If you're gonna talk. Which I assume you're gonna talk. Two extra and you get a bite too. Just one though you has got the big mouth.
4: I lean in again. If it's ten meal to talk, then it's ten meal to talk alone.
7: What are you fucking whispering about? You know that's fucking rude, right?
3: Ah, don't worry about it. She has a throat injury. She can't really talk any louder than, <laughs> a louder than that. Uh, so, uh, okay, ten meal sounds good, but I tell you what, uh, if it's ten meal to talk, then it's ten meal to talk alone. I want to have a chat with this guy myself and make sure there isn't any type of manipulation, anybody pulling the strings.
7: So you're saying you'll pay 16 meal to talk alone?
3: Sure. I think I can see why you guys... (laughs) No, I'm not going to say that. I I was going to say, I can see why you guys aren't called the math (laughs) (laughs) game. I don't remember anyone saying anything about 16 meal. What happened to 10? You said... 10 and
7: 10. Oh boy. 10.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, now not... you gave me a throat injury, so I can't stop. <laughs>
7: <you>. <laughs> so. Uh, 16.
3: 14. What? How did it go up? 15. 14, and I'll, uh, well, I'll give you, uh. He looks through his stuff. Look.
1: Dillion puts his hand on McBride's shoulder. You will heard of the Reeve, right?
7: The Archon Reeve? Yeah. She's like 200 years old. Before her was like four other Achons. Archons. All removed from history by my father's fathers. They done butchered the fucking Archons. It was a shower, drizzly fucking blood set on extra steamy with orgies and shit and lots to eat that was us and now we're coming back in a big way your 15 meal feeds my army for like a week it's good it'll be good and your money's going to help the cause are gonna kill Reeve. Just to be sure, I'm gonna be the one. Me and my big brother. We're gonna kill Reeve. It's gonna happen.
1: McBride gets the impression that Dillian's drugs are just beginning to wear off. The only blood
3: showers I've been taking lately are the ones I've been creating myself. Because I'm a skull fucking... (laughs) Because I'm a Blood Skull. Fourteen. Can I do, like, uh, I don't know, an Intimidate check? Because I'm trying to be pretty intimidating. Uh,
1: where is that? McBride attempts to intimidate Dillion by staring him down. Hey, good, I can use my Strength modifier.
7: Fourteen's nice. But you're gonna have to kill the...
6: You're gonna have to kill the other Innie
7: for me. It's not mine. Not my any. It's what the one that we're exposing.
3: That's what I do, my friend. Deal. Nice. I give him 14 meal out of my own stuff because I know that was a really bad showing on my part. <laughs> Just going to eat the cost.
4: <laughs> you did so poorly. Aye. I...
1: Back this way. Dillion walks the team to a door at the back of the room. A strong odor fouls the air the closer the team gets to the door. A mix of defecation, sickness, methane, and spoiled meat. As the door opens, the smell is overpowering. The team must now roll a constitution save to avoid sickness. Right. (laughs) Try here.
4: (laughs) I'm okay.
1: I feel only slightly better. Motherfucker.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're not rolling that great. It's the defecation
1: that does it. It's not the...
3: I sure do love the smell of blood. Hmm.
1: The team (sighs) steps into a dark room lit only by a single flickering light. Originally a bathroom, the space now has dual functions as a small makeshift torture chamber. A lone fringer smiles at the team as he washes his hands using water from one of the busted pouring pipes. Also present is a deformed-looking figure strapped to a long-abused dentistry chair on the far side of the room. Ugh. A bucket next to the chair holds small pieces of bone, which presumably once belonged to the restrained figure. Dillian roughly grabs the fringer who's still washing his hands. Get
7: the... Get the fuck out! Hey, okay, so, you guys, you got a little bit, and when I'm bored, I'll be back, and your time's up.
1: Sounds like a plan. Gillian and the Fringer leave the room and close the door, leaving the team with the smell, bones, and broken man. The figure in the chair is naked, though discerning its gender is initially difficult, as much of him has been cut away. He bears the mark on his right hand, one of the few body parts left undamaged. Medically speaking, he's missing his genitals, chest muscles an ear, most of his nose, the left arm below the elbow, a few digits from each foot, and large chunks of his legs and buttocks. He's been partly scalped, and one of his eyes is scabbed closed with blood. The eye could be missing entirely, though it's difficult to confirm in the poor lighting of the room.
4: All right, so after the dry heaving, um, can I approach the body to see if there's a a mark on the person like an atrian mark
1: his mark indicates third tier lethality and a bachelor's degree
4: okay so I'm still wearing my hood can I scan and see if I can identify who this person is
1: lacking a mark scanner Azad can attempt to investigate who the figure is by examining his face though her hood's system appears to be acting up
4: okay so investigation while I'm doing this someone can talk to him (laughs) if he still has a tongue No, F... F these, man! I want a real dice, like a freaking physical... dice. Something I can toss against a wall!
1: Even with a ten, Azad confirms the man to be Quippus Kagome of the Department of Social Services. He has a healthy medical record, a sister named Britia, and two healthy parents. Records beyond that appear to be classified. Okay, uh, Quippus, buddy, can you hear me? (laughs)
3: Okay, listen, Um, actually, Horatius takes a second to look around and make sure that there's absolutely no one around who can hear what he's about to say. Can I do perception?
1: The large bathroom has an open design and McBride confirms that no one else is physically inside the room. Uh Uh-huh. But there is uncertainty if there are peepholes or surveillance technology within its walls. Okay. We're just looking around the room here? Yeah, I just
3: want to make sure that, like, because I'm probably about to reveal who I am and what's going on to him. I'm still too overcome by the smell,
2: apparently.
5: Yeah, I'm also too overcome by the smell, and quite considerable it is.
3: How about Azad? Do you want to roll and see if you see
1: anybody or anything?
4: All right, perception. Let's see. I really want to physicalize.
1: <laughs> the entire team fails to find any reason to believe they're being watched. Sweet.
5: Quipus, we're agents of the Great Archon, Department of Special Services, just like you.
1: It appears it causes Kagome a great pain to speak. Uh, my partner, Rodriguez.
3: I've failed him. Betrayed him. Hey, look, in the state you're in, I think it'd be hard not to betray somebody. What did you tell them?
2: I told them who he is. I... To identify
5: him. Do they have any proof besides you? No. Any physical evidence?
2: Just my word. We were supposed to provide research data critical information. <coughs> <coughs> Regarding the fringe
8: and its threats. Rodriguez, though. He still might...
9: He still might finish the mission. Please. You have to kill me.
1: I was such a fool.
2: Am I unwatched enough to take a look behind the other curtains for a way out of here, like a back door? There
1: is only one way into this room. Okay.
3: Okay. Okay. Quippus, we're about to have a really frank discussion about your death, and I'm really sorry. Everybody, can anybody think of a way that we can kill Quippus and make it look as though he just died?
4: I'll roll medical
3: for that.
5: Yeah, you'd be the perfect citizen to poison someone. (laughs) As creepy as that sounds.
3: Hey, look at that!
5: (laughs) I can kill somebody!
4: (laughs) Could I cook up something that I could inject that would kill him in, like, the next hour and a half after we leave? I'm just gonna... Can you eat something?
1: He nods weakly.
4: All right, I'm gonna feed you poison,
1: Diana. How
3: long <laughs> is this gonna take to kill him?
4: Uh, that's that actually. So I want something that lasts. Will take like an hour. That way, we're not around when he dies. Um, because we don't want these guys thinking we killed him.
3: Well, Quipus, I'm sorry. I wanted to do something quick, but if you heard what my no, friend he there won't said. Feel it. Well, yeah, uh, okay.
4: Well, I know he's in pain right now, but I'm sure that he understands for the better of us as fellow Adrians <laughs> that we're not here when it
5: happens.
9: It is. Well,
2: I
3: can endure another hour of
5: pain. Do you have any morphine or painkillers? I do. We could probably give him some.
3: Well, then, yes, let's send him off like an Adrian.
4: All right. First, I will inject the morphine, and then I will inject the poison, because I can't do both simultaneously with one syringe. So everyone, please ask questions now, uh, and I will soon begin the injection of the morphine, and then I will make the poison.
8: Uh,
3: Okay, Quippus, while while we've got you here... um I don't suppose in your work out here you heard about an, an Atrian man being killed by Sarks and brought into this place, have you? No. Well, shit, that was really the only question I... Okay, uh, gotcha.
4: What did you tell them about Rodriguez?
3: Hey, that's a good question. What did you tell them about Rodriguez? That he was with me
2: on the research mission. Do they know him as Rodriguez? They know him. Have you overheard anything of their plans, what to do
3: with this information? I've been blacking out more and more. That's understandable. Well, listen, soldier, the pain's about to end, okay? You just hold out for a little while longer, and you'll, uh...
1: And you'll be at peace. Using her available chemicals, Azad crafts a lethal poison that will take effect in roughly an hour.
4: And in goes the morphine. (gasps) Uh
1: Reef endures, friend, Hazard injects Kagome with a syringe. He quickly drifts to sleep.
4: So he's gonna die soon. So we should probably leave.
1: Oh,
3: have you have you uh, have you done the medication, the uh, poison? Not
4: yet. Ready now, though. Here we go. Uh,
3: okay. Well, uh, I guess in that case, we better uh, make a hasty exit.
4: Get mad get mad that he fell asleep when you go out. Like, you felt like you paid for more time or something.
3: Hey, that's a good idea. you
4: paid a lot, man.
3: Well, listen, I don't know
4: how I... <laughs> how did it go from 10 to 6 to five. How come I'm the one who
3: keeps flipping talking? The group looks at Claire out. How about we go in there and somebody else says, Hey, I, uh, skull blower from, I don't know. Can anybody <laughs> else say something? I'm not good at this. I'm good at hitting people and digging holes. I'm a minor.
5: But they seem so fond of you.
4: I'm not talking to them.
3: Yeah, I know you're not. That's the problem.
4: Well, it wouldn't exactly go very well.
3: Let's just get out of here. Let's just see how quickly we can get out of here. We can nominate a jawbone for the blood skulls later.
4: (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Sylvanas? Are you charismatic?
5: (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) Are any of us charismatic? I am. (laughs) Okay. I just like watching you guys talk.
2: Can we, uh, come bursting out in quite a hurry here? Clairehout throws
1: open the door to the main room. So it's Hobbs, huh? Motherfucker. We were literally just standing inside his bar, man. Dillian moves quickly toward the team.
7: Yeah, yeah. You guys seen him? He's the real deal. He's actually Adrian.
3: How long have you known? Yeah, and he was asleep for half the damn time. I paid you Fucker's fourteen meal.
5: Sixteen.
3: We didn't even hardly get to talk to him. But he was talking pretty
7: nice when he was, though, wasn't he?
3: Well, at any rate, how is our
7: doing?
6: You
7: I guess the smash s- is in now.
3: Oh yeah, we got some business we got to take care of now. I'm still heading for the door. <laughs> that son of a bitch Hobbs <laughs> is gonna pay for walking out here and acting like he's tough.
7: Fuck yeah! Go get him, bring this fucking
3: skull!
2: Go, 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 go. Because you guys helped us, and because we like you, particularly you, Mittens, we're gonna bring you back his bloody skull. (laughs)
1: Expect us. Midden nods quickly. The group (laughs) leaves the room, armed, and ready to bloody some skulls.
4: Wait, I thought his name was Midden.
1: It is Midden. (laughs) Did Peter
4: say Midden?
1: I'm too angry for that. It's an honest mistake. When Sylvanus Clarehout gets angry, his name changes to Mittens. The team leaves quickly. It was plainly apparent that the Archon Slayers thought briefly to stop the departure, but were taken aback upon noticing how angry everyone was. Sweet. Thus becoming more interested to hear about the carnage that the blood skulls will soon cause.
3: Yeah, I tell you what we're going to do. We're not going to kill anybody. All (laughs) right.
4: Wait, what? Wait, wait, oh, oh, we left already. <laughs> <laughs> was that their only proof? Because if we killed him, then it's over. And...
3: Uh, yeah. that. Hey, well, no I proof. mean, at least the guy we were talking to said that he didn't have any physical evidence and that it was just his word. I asked him that specifically.
5: Yes, we accomplished our goal.
4: Not sure how Rodriguez is going to feel about us saying, yeah, we got rid of the evidence. It happened to be your old partner.
3: Yeah, well, at least he'll know we're being sincere. He
1: was missing too much to save.
5: Any of us would want the same.
1: Yeah. (laughs) With solemn thoughts, the team returns to the whole poke. Bliss, the guard, smiles as he comes into view.
9: Hey! You guys are back! Welcome, friends! Thanks. Nice to see your faces again! Uh, good to see you too, friend.
3: Thanks for the ol' and I gesture to the shotgun that I didn't actually use.
9: How was it? How was it? It was good stuff. Uh, you need it back, or can I keep it? Nah, it's yours. Give it a name yet? Uh, Susan. Susan? Interesting.
3: Yeah, you know, way back in the day, Susan was the toughest blood skull we ever had. She went out taking just about 50 other guys at the same time. So, uh, got a soft spot for her. Named
9: named a gun after her. Huh, cool. Cool, cool. Thanks. Well, welcome back. Come inside. You can keep your guns on you. Hobbs said you guys are nice. You guys are great. All right. Is
2: Hobbs still here?
9: Yeah, he's uh, he's in his uh, meat room chatting with Bayard. All right, great. Can we go talk to him? We just finished up a little something-something for him.
1: Yeah, I'll code you in. Follow me. List motions for another guard to take his place, leading the group to the locked door. Liz enters a code to open the door, the cool air of the freezer flowing out.
5: Susan? Really?
1: I already told you I'm not good at this. Here we are. Bayard and Hobbs stop talking the moment the freezer door opens. Just don't Bayard let it happen scowls again. and calmly moves to leave the room. Hmm. It's clear that they were having a disagreement. Bliss heads back to the main entrance. We, uh, interrupting something?
6: Come right in.
1: Bayard leaves the room.
2: Hobbs, we, uh, took care of the evidence. What happened? Sorry to tell you, it was, uh... It was your old partner, Quippus. Ah,
8: Archon. He'll be dead within the hour. We, uh, we poisoned him. If our situation were reversed, I would have expected the same for me. Thank you. That should keep Bayard from replacing me, at least for the immediate future. That was the only evidence they had?
3: Yeah, we, uh, we checked in with your partner and he said they didn't have anything physical. We did as best to sweep as we could of their hideout and it, uh... Looked like they were just drugged-up lunatics. I really think that was all they had.
4: Mm. Not to say they aren't dangerous drugged-up lunatics, but now they just don't have proof for their claims.
3: Exactly. They do know that
2: it was you. They have you by name, and they know where you are. There's only eight of them or so, though.
8: Hmm. Well, I appreciate the accuracy of your information.
4: But since they do know your actual Atrian name, if they get access to any database and they pull pull up a picture of you... They're going to have more physical proof.
8: Shit. This cover was bound to be compromised at some point. Perhaps I can still eliminate this threat on my own. Good. If they truly have no remaining evidence, I can find an excuse to destroy them. But that's my problem. Hey, listen. Uh, I just want you to know that
3: uh, Quip is... He, he really took a lot of abuse before he said anything, and uh, we made sure to send him off painlessly. Um, I'm sorry.
8: I appreciate it. I was able to maintain my end of the bargain and discern the identities of the Sarks in question. They're... Reeve. They're a part of the southern sect of the Sark gang, working under the authority of a female named Penny. Their names are Ski and Denner. That was all I was able to determine. However, as thanks for your assistance, I wanted to offer you something that I feel will be triply beneficial for you. In the interest of aiding you, I'm sending a shipment of goods to Penny as thanks for identifying Hadrian's accomplices. If you'd like, you can be the Sark-allied mercenaries who are making that delivery. That would put you in Penny's graces. You'd be able to turn in any favors she'd feel she owe me because of my extremely generous nature. And you would also be almost guaranteeing yourself safe passage through the fringe, as you'd be working for the Sarks. And we have a certain reputation." Well, as much as I really didn't want to get us deeper
3: into this whole situation, I guess this is about as well as we can go deep.
5: Thank
8: you, is what I'm trying to say. I really appreciate that.
5: Yes. We really appreciate your assistance and regret not being able to assist you further.
8: Penny should be able to assist you in discerning the locations of dinner and a ski. All right.
5: So what's the shipment?
8: You'll be delivering a set of slaves, assuming you don't have any moral objections to one of Penny's clubs, the Throb. It's located on Fifth Street and Twenty-first Avenue. I've already set everything up, and you can just talk with Bliss once you're ready. If you need to rest, I can easily spare room. I just need to make the proper preparations.
2: I think that'd be for the best.
8: Oh, after a day like today, probably not a bad idea. Would you require anything else besides the room, meal, perhaps drinks? Yes, please, if you uh, wouldn't mind.
4: Information. How many people do you want us to transport?
8: You'll be transporting six slaves.
4: Would that not make us more of a target while traveling?
8: You'd think that, but as Sarks, you will be unlikely to draw attention. The slaves will have the Sark brand, so any opportunist will likely be deterred. It's almost a guarantee.
3: Now, uh, I know that this... It's
5: a, it's an almost. This is the fringe.
3: I know that the Sarks have... Uh, Pretty distinct markings. Uh, Are we going to have the same done to identify us, or are we not a part of the whole
8: situation? I can give you certain clothing elements that will help. And some makeup. That way you can avoid a particularly painful tattoo, which will look embarrassing if your face happens to swell up. That uh, would be preferable. They'll be delivered to your room. All right, well,
3: uh, I think in that case uh, some space to rest in would be nice. Maybe a little meal, and unless anybody needs anything else, I think that sets me up all right. These slaves
2: we're going to be delivering, I'm assuming they're not going to be coming back?
8: No. They're gifts for Penny. She'll appreciate them, and as a result, she'll treat you well.
3: All right. As much as I don't like the institution of slavery, there's a lot going on that I don't like out here. Again, it will
8: practically guarantee your safety.
3: Fair point. Just because I'll
2: think about it, if I don't ask, is there anything else we can deliver?
8: I can't think of anything else Penny would want besides bodies. Fresh flesh is something of a specialty of hers. I understand. If I gave you something else, it might be seen as an inferior gift. And that would do more harm than help. Sure.
5: Thank you again for your hospitality and assistance. I would consider it a privilege to work with you again in the future.
8: Likewise. Your accommodation will be on the second floor. Just ask the waitress. Anything we need to know there?
4: Uh, uh, um... So, that thing we told you about people wanting to attack your facility... Did you get any more info on that, or are we just going to go to sleep and hope it doesn't happen?
8: You can rest. It shouldn't happen. And if it does, this building is a fortress. All right. We'll be fine. I'll take your word for it. And if they somehow manage to overwhelm my soldiers, I will personally secure your escape. Sounds good. About as good as we've really gotten. Well, I
3: wish
1: you
8: a safe future.
1: You too. Ravendurrs. (laughs) Ravendurrs. Upon leaving the freezer, a Sark host escorts them to the second floor. At the end of the hallway is a simple, large bedroom, the penthouse suite.
5: Here's your room. Thank you, cutie. Have fun.
1: It is immaculate compared to the fringe, or fairly unkempt by Adrian's standards. Guys, no poop. (laughs) No. I will take it. No poop. The team's eyes all simultaneously fall on the single massive bed centered in the room. Where are you guys going to sleep?
3: I'll take the floor. It's nothing I haven't done in the uh, military before.
5: (laughs) Are there showers? There appears to be indoor plumbing. Toilets and a shower behind this door here. I'll be using it first, by the way. Uh, Never mind.
1: Wow, you look at that. Oh, Oh, my rave. (laughs) What a sight Hardly enough, the shower (laughs) appears to be equipped with little chains to help its occupants avoid slipping (laughs) McBride begins to ponder that the chains might not be there for hygienic purposes
4: I am not sure the shower is actually clean.
1: I always like to take a
2: shower when I'm too exhausted to stand and need a chain to support me. (laughs) Really? I mean In fact, I think I'll do it right now That's about my current situation
3: Really? I thought they were like sex chains. Anybody else getting that vibe? Well, that's what I was going to use them
1: for. (laughs) I
5: do not say it out loud. I turn the lights in the room on.
1: Agent Saugot flips the light switch and the mood of the room changes drastically.
5: I flip them off and say, let's just get some rest, maybe.
1: I get the
2: impression that Sylvanas is going to sleep fitfully tonight as he dreams of corners slowly lap
1: dancing various (laughs) clients. After a tough night, the team has earned a long rest.
0: Liberty Vigilance, created and produced by Travis Vengroff with editing and writing assistance from K.A. Stats, starring Peter Lewis, Sean Francis, Caitlin Buckley, Caitlin Stats, and Daniel Thorson, with narration by Wayne June. Guest voices include Edor Vithjersen, Sarah Golding, Heather McClellan, Steve Schneider, Jeff Richardson, Emily Emesquida, Stephanie Lando, Peter Pepper, and John Carter. The music was created by Ryan McQuinn, Stephen Malin, and Brandon Strader. Vigilance was mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader with cover art by Dan Stanek. The original Game Master was Travis Vengroff with assistance from KA Stats. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon team. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode, please continue supporting us on Patreon or by liking and reviewing our show on iTunes. We'd especially like to thank Citizens Zach Israel, Fallon Gannon, Anton Scalia, Adam Farber, Scott Morrison, Austin Barth, and Jonathan Wade. This broadcast is a creation of Fool and Scholar Productions. Thank you for listening, and may the Archon watch over you.